0: In Jesus' name, grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. All four evangelists record the importance of sharing the gospel. Here Mark shares Jesus' words, preach the gospel to all creation. St. Matthew gave Jesus great commission, therefore go and gather disciples from all nations by baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, And by teaching them to keep all the instructions I have given you in Luke's gospel Jesus said repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in my name to all nations and near the end of his gospel st. John wrote these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of God and that by believing you may have life in his name the gospel must be shared because it is the means of salvation And Jesus will come again, so now is the time to hear and believe. And therefore, in his love, Jesus offers this salvation to all. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. In that simple sentence, Jesus demonstrates how salvation comes. Faith receives it. As St. Paul said, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message comes through the word of Christ. The all-important point is this, that the gospel provides the means of salvation. The gospel creates faith in hearers, faith which dead and sinful hearts cannot attain on their own. And then that faith, like an open hand, receives the gift of grace, forgiveness, life, and salvation, which itself is also given by the gospel. For this reason, this very important reason, Jesus declares that the gospel must be shared. No one can be saved without the gospel. In connection with that gospel, Jesus speaks of believing and being baptized. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. Without faith, the gospel cannot be received. And this is a connection that scripture maintains everywhere. Salvation comes by promise that's the essence of the gospel God has promised to save deliver forgive and glorify mankind on the basis of Jesus perfect life and innocent death in your place and a promise can only be grasped by faith by acknowledging and trusting that promise and therefore whoever does not believe will be condemned But Jesus had also said, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. There seems to be added requirements to salvation, namely baptism. But a lack of baptism does not condemn, only a lack of faith. There's no warning regarding baptism, no harsh word in scripture. There's only promise. Baptism gives salvation. Saint Peter said it in no uncertain terms. Baptism now saves you. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the guarantee of a good conscience before God through the resurrection of Christ Jesus. Baptism is a means through which faith is given to a person. And because that faith holds the promise, baptism saves, being given its power through the resurrection of Jesus. And that's what St. Paul said too. We were therefore buried with him by this baptism into his death so that just as he was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too would also walk in a new life. Jesus' commission, according to St. Mark, seems more limited than what we hear in St. Matthew's Gospel. Here he says, only preach the Gospel to all creation, while St. Matthew records him saying, gather disciples from all nations by baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and by teaching them to keep all the instructions I have given you. But you can also see that baptism is nothing other than the gospel in water teaching and preaching is the gospel in sound baptism is the gospel in water and holy communion is that same gospel in bread and wine and private absolution is the gospel in the pastor's hands but god will not come to you for your good apart from the gospel The word of God must be present even in baptism, communion, and absolution. Apart from the word, the gospel, God will not come to forgive you. But God has sent his word to you in such an abundant fashion, in the word, baptism, holy communion, absolution, because he wants you to be saved. God wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And therefore Jesus offers it to all. All the world is the target audience. All creation. Jesus declares that whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. There's no other qualifier. There's no other division among people that matters. Your ethnicity, sex, age, abilities, nationality, trauma, genetics, health, hobbies, or anything else does not factor into whether the gospel applies to you. John the Baptist, when he saw Jesus, declared him to be the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. No one is excluded. St. Paul describes the righteousness of Christ as providing life-giving justification for all people. It's offered to everyone without exception. In the passage that we call the Little Bible, Jesus taught the Pharisee Nicodemus, for God so loved the world, the whole world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life once again it is for whoever believes no poverty or wealth no status or lack of status no ethnicity no sex no drug education or drug addiction no charity either eliminates or grants entrance into the kingdom of god no it is only this whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Think of what this implies. First of all, apply it to yourself. You are saved in no other way than anyone else is saved by faith. St. Paul in his letter to the Romans spends a great deal of time proving that all kinds of sins are evidence of people lacking salvation, that people are condemned for the impurity and degrading of their own bodies among themselves, for disgraceful passions and for a corrupted mind. Jesus says that whoever does not believe will be condemned and this condemnation comes on gossipers, slanderers, God-haters, insolent mockers, arrogant boasters and loudmouths. They dream up evil things, they disobey their parents, they are senseless, faithless, heartless and merciless. And the temptation, of course, is to think, I'm glad my sins aren't that bad. I'm glad my sins don't disqualify me from salvation. But Paul then also warns, therefore, you are without excuse, every one of you who judges someone else, because by judging the other person, you also condemn yourself, since you who are judging are doing the very same things. No one is excluded. You are without excuse. Even that thought, I'm glad my sins aren't that bad, is judging others. And therefore, you are condemned for the same things. Jesus asks, why do you focus on the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not consider the beam that is in your own eye? And so St. Paul concludes, in fact, there is no difference because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So understand this, all mankind is condemned, and that includes you for your sins. You are lumped in with the rest of all of sinful mankind, and you are deserving of eternal condemnation. And all mankind is justified freely by God's grace. And that includes you too. Because of Jesus' death in your place, his perfect life is credited to you. So that you are given the forgiveness of all of your sins eternal life and salvation the point to take home is that any foundation that you might think you have to make you better than anyone else or to make you more worthy of salvation that must be overthrown you must consider yourself as bad or worse than the rest of humanity and therefore your only foundation is the merit of jesus Jesus does not say whoever is better than most others will be saved, or whoever has greater moral fiber will be saved, or whoever stays off the streets, whoever doesn't have any overwhelming addictions, whoever has the best excuses for what are really just minor sins after all anyway will be saved. No. He says whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. And this is your this is a great blessing for you. After all, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. All men must despair of their own abilities. You are included. But if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's free, it's grace. It is yours by faith, only believing, which itself is given to you by the word, by the gospel. And that's the next important thing to remember, to share this same gospel. It's for you and it's for your neighbors. It's for the ones you like and it's for the ones who give you weird vibes. It's for the ones even who make you really, really angry. It might not seem fair to offer salvation to the people who have upset you, beyond what you think is your ability to forgive, so deliberately. But remember that your salvation does not depend on your own innately good qualities, and theirs don't either. Just as this is freely given to you, it is freely given to them as well. And consider what salvation means. Those God justified, he also glorified. Even those people that you might not be able to stand are changed by God's glory. You won't see that perfect change in this life. You might not be able to stand them for the rest of your life. But when perfection is obtained fully, they will be perfect, glorious, and united to you in a wonderful way through Jesus. And the same thing can be said of you. All your worst qualities will be sanctified. You will be made perfect and holy, and glorious, in a glory like Jesus' glory. While sin still clings to you here in this sinful life, through faith you have the righteousness of Jesus covering you, and on the last day, everything that is his will be fully and perfectly seen in you. You will be glorious, wonderful, perfect. This is the work that the gospel accomplishes in you. Amen.